Welcome back. And now we have a double act. Greg Griffith and Susanna Brandsgrove on building a legacy for your family in business. Greg is CEO of Family Business Australia and New Zealand, where he focuses on maximizing positive economic, social and impact for family businesses, always with an eye on the businesses and world they're leaving future generations. Previously, he was the CEO of Dairy Farmers Milk Cooperative for eight years, Deputy Chairman of the Australian National Drag Racing Association, CEO of Destination Melbourne Limited, Senior Roles with Victorian Farmers Federation, and even General Manager of Melbourne Football Club in the early 2000s. And Susanna Bransgrove is a family business specialist, including founder and director of Liquid Gold Consultants and founder of Women in Family Business. She has worked in this sector in Australia, New Zealand, Germany, the USA, as well as the UK. Previously, Susanna in the corporate sector, including working for Commerzenbank Bremen in Germany, Australia and New Zealand Banking Corporation, or ANZ in Australia, and Macquarie Bank in Australia, where she held a national role before starting her first business. She also works with the University of New England's Smart Region Incubator Program. Thank you both so much for joining us. Um, so I'm going to start with a couple of questions for Greg, and then we'll throw over to Susanna. Um, Greg, I was surprised to learn that family businesses account for around 70% of all businesses in Australia. So when we've been talking about small and medium businesses as part of this event, we really cannot ignore that a large, a very large um, cohort of those are family businesses. So what, though, is special about family businesses? Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having us on today. It's a pleasure to be here. Look, um, just a little bit of background. So Family Business Australia has been around for about 22 years. I've been uh, at the helm for the last four, coming up to four years. Uh, you're right, um, research, our research indicates about 70% of all uh, businesses in Australia and about 80% in New Zealand are family-owned and operated uh, businesses. So um, approximate numbers that sort of represents about 2.4, 2.5 million businesses would be family-owned and operated in Australia alone. Um, we're a member-based organisation currently representing about 3,500 members. So we've got a long way to go to capture the full market. Uh, certainly when talking to um, talking to uh, uh, people about the organisation I work for, and they all, you know, they come back, oh, you so see you represent small business. Uh, we certainly represent small family businesses, but we also represent medium and even large-sized family businesses. So they come from all shapes and forms in terms of family and, and operation. You know, family, what I love about this business is that, you know, families have a, uh, I suppose, a generational purpose. Uh, they're not thinking about, you know, we, we're not saying you don't think in quarters, you think in generations. Uh, corporates sort of think in quarters and only sort of operate from quarter to quarter. You know, families are preparing uh, for, you know, 12, 24, 36 months out about where they're going, but more about how they're planning their life for the next generation to come through. You know, that creates complexity, and um, I'm sure Susanna will, will delve into that a bit further, but really from our point of view, the, you know, we get a lot of people who come to us, particularly the bigger size family businesses, you know, the bigger the business, the more wealth attached to the biggest, the more families attached to the business, the harder those conversations become about that transfer of, uh, of management, transfer of ownership and transfer of wealth between one generation uh, to, the uh, to the next. And we know over the next 
uh, 10 years. Uh, we've got the baby boomers sort of coming uh, to probably towards their end. And we're probably going to see something like about $4 trillion worth of wealth transfer from one generation to the next. So what we're going to see is, is really, uh, I think, uh, a huge amount of um, entrepreneurial next generation uh, leaders coming to their coming into their own and, and probably wanting to make changes about the way that their business and their behaviours are around being a sustainable family within a stable within a sustainable environment moving forward. So, you know, in terms of purpose, you know, their, their purpose is to look after family, those strong family values uh, shine through. Uh, when you think about a family, a lot of the times their name is above the door and they're really proud about the fact that their name's above the door and they take that to take that really um, you know, that that messaging out to the public, it's all about not just about their family, but the environment that they work in. It's also about the uh, community and the community setting that they're involved in, because their name is really out there in in the lights as well. So they take great pride in the work that they do. That's the majority of people, um, in the work that they're trying to do on behalf of their family and for future generations. So that's enough to give you an idea. Yeah, I think um, it's obviously some specific considerations when it comes to those family businesses um, and how, I guess, they make decisions within business, um, which we'll certainly dig into. So um, now I was very interested to hear you say that Family Business Australia recently conducted a survey where mm. sustainability was rated as one of the biggest issues, I guess, by small yeah. by, by the family businesses. Um, and looking forward over the next 10 years. So um, could you clarify, I guess, a little bit on the details and why yeah. you think that is the case and yeah. what specifically they are facing? So I'm a bit of a foresight strategist believer, which is about looking into the future and trying to get an understanding about what might be the drivers uh, that are coming. You know, when you look at a lot of strategies or strategists who focus on short-term Sometimes they're, and you've got competitors in the marketplace, sometimes that, that research has been looked upon, all the information has been looked upon by the same people. And all of a sudden you're trying to go to market with the same philosophies and the same strategies as the, as the company next door. So we went about looking at a, uh, putting together a, a long-term vision for Family Business Australia. So we really went out and um, surveyed about 120 of our members, both about 50% of those would have been family business owners. And the other half were uh, advisors. We have members who advise family businesses on things after succession and wealth management, et cetera, et cetera. About the challenges uh, facing the family business sector for over the next 10 years. And when you couple that back around the entrepreneurial leaders coming in as the baby boomers move on, I thought it was a really, really good exercise um, uh, to, to do, really trying to understand um, what might be the uh, the pressure points for a family business and how do they, and, and so from an FBA point of view, if we have a better understanding about what's coming, we can actually put programs and products and procedures in place to potentially um, uh, have them in place. So as the market changes and as consumer behaviours uh, um, change and as family business wanting to adapt, um, we're in a position to help them ahead of the curve rather than sort of being behind the curve. And so one of the things that really came out um, through that survey was the issue around sustainability. And you know, so that word sustainable is, is a huge big word. It can mean many things to, to many people. Um, there are those early adopters um, who, uh, you know, who are really making changes now, but for a lot of family businesses, um, you know, just even understanding what that word sustainable really, what it really means is important first step. 
Um, and that, so that, that overwhelmingly came back in our research as saying the biggest issue facing family businesses is the understanding of what is sustainable mean, both from a family business point of view, so how do you become sustainable from one generation to the next, but also environmentally, how do they uh, prepare their business so it is sustainable with changing consumer behaviours coming. You look around the world, and, and just this is a personal opinion, but I think Australia is a long way behind the rest of the world in many areas around this word sustainable. So I, I, when I look at Family Business Australia and what it's what it's its role, um, you know, we uh, provide. We, so we are an organisation that provides a pathway for family businesses to find the solutions they're looking for. We might not be the solution provider, and predominantly that's been around that succession piece. Families come to us. They've got these issues with their family. They come through some educational programs um, and they come out the other side better aware of the situation, but more importantly, better prepared to talk to advisors, talk to experts in the area about the areas of, of interest and things they want to address. And so I, when, when we're an organisation as a peak body that represents 70% of all businesses in Australia, I think we are well-placed to actually provide, be that vehicle for families to come in and find that information. You know, what is sustainable? How do I actually start making that change? Um, what does that mean economically for my business? What does that mean from a consumer point of view? It's all very well to go, right, I'm going to run off to the right here and I'm just going to change everything up. I'm going to put solar panels on my roof and spend all this money to change my business. But is it economical for them to do it? How do they start making those, those steps? Uh, so it's a really important pathway for FBA to start undertaking and having conversations like this today is one of those first steps of trying to let families know that there will be opportunities to understand and become more in tune with what is this word sustainable? How do they start embedding conversations within the family? And how do they start embedding those conversations, not only just with the family, but within their, their workforce who are almost subsequent, subsequent um, family members, the way that they treat their, their employees and, and, and team around them. You know, we've already started down the pathway of talking to you, Sarah, because we think you know, what you do is, is fantastic in this space. There are others already out there, such as the B Corporation, who are well advanced in trying to take businesses down this path of certification and understanding it. But I think from an FBA point of view, there's a step well back here, which is actually what is sustainable and how do I learn about it? And so our role, my role over the coming sort of years is to start building up um, content um, accessing content, accessing courses, accessing information to allow our members to become better, to have better knowledge around this space. And then start been asking experts out there and advisors out there who get it and can start guiding family businesses on a pathway to be environmentally sustainable for future generations to come. So that's sort of where we're going as an organisation. Um, you know, and it's one of many pillars that we, that we have, but I think this is a really important one. I think, again, just, and I'll finish off in just a second, but um, from an advocacy point of view, uh, we're meant to be the peak body that advocates on behalf of family business. It's really hard to advocate on behalf of family businesses when we cross every industry sector. There's normally an association that represents individual sectors. So is there a pathway from an advocacy point of view that allows us to be the, the, uh, a chief spokesperson to government around this? I think we're well placed to actually represent 70% of the people and talk to government about the messaging from our members. So I'm interested in getting our members' feedback back in so we can formulate discussions and points to take to government, but also be a voice back out to the family business sector of what the government is doing so family business can be ahead of the curve for, for now and into the future. Yeah, that's sort of where we're heading is one pathway. Yeah. Perfect. And 
it's interesting um, when when you're talking about that the drivers, I guess, and helping family businesses to understand these trends and how they are going to impact on the business. Um, mm. Just a little bit earlier, we were talking with Corinne Schock from the Global Compact Network about the Sustainable Development Goals and how those mm. are actually such a good tool for understanding what those broader drivers are going to be yeah, and how cool. important that is for a family business, obviously, to understand this is where the world is going. We're not interested in just the next couple of years, Great. but we want to make sure that our business continues for our children to continue it on. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so we're sort of forging relationships with the United Nations, you know, Victoria, New South Wales and around Australia, and you know, they're heavily focused on the sustainable development goals. When I look at our counterparts in Switzerland, so there's a family business network uh, in Switzerland, and they sort of have a model like us where they have franchises around the world, if you like. Uh, uh, they partnered with, um, um, uh, with B Corp as well and, uh, and have a, a system called Polaris. And it's really about educating the family business back-ended by B Corp about wanting families wanting to make a change. So we can see it coming and we see opportunities to, to partner with organisations that can, we can really take that information and, and upskill and educate our members uh, and future members uh, about you know, what is this, this thing called sustainable? How do I um, make a difference to the world, but again, for the future generations of, of, uh, of their family to be sustainable in the future? So yeah, it's exciting times. I'm really excited about you know, these type of conversations and, um, you know, and what, where it can lead. Yeah, hmm. so, there's a much broader um, transition happening at the same time. Sure. So Susanna, I'd like to throw to you and then later Greg can come back into the conversation. Um, what is unique about governance for sustainability for a family business? Um, I know that, that you look at family governance at, at a broad level, having worked with many family businesses, including your own. So what is so unique about a family business in that way? Well, first of all, um, Sarah, thanks again for having us on board and, and also just mirroring what Greg was saying around this issue and what is sustainability, what does it mean for us and how do we actually take any steps in, in that space? And what makes family businesses so incredibly unique and why governing family businesses is so different is when you look at a, a privately owned business of, of any kind that is not necessarily family, the focus on a governance perspective seems to generally be driven from a strategic perspective to achieve certain goals. And then you start looking, of course, how you're going to filter that through the organization on the operational front and from a cultural perspective. And, and if you've got the right level of leadership, this, this realization that there's a requirement to have a positive culture, to be positively, positively impacting people and your environment and everything that you sort of touch, if that is part of leadership, it's, then it really does come from that business uh, place. I find it so fascinating that we have a, a country like many others where we have 70% of businesses being family owned and yet very few people understand just how complex that makes even everyday decision making. Because unlike a leadership team in a, that it can look at things objectively and business-like and come together to look at what's best for business and what's best for those who are impacted by the business or are feeding into the business, the family quite often tends to also get very caught up in who are we and, and who are we now and who are we then and quite often these conversations don't take place. So how do you create a, a values-based approach and a culture that allows the family members to connect on something that they can agree with and align on that you then sort of 
that goes across to the business. So this concept of the family values and, and view and purpose on life to actually flow through the business and, and live within the business. Because as you can imagine, if you have 10 people within the family and you've got five of them working in the business and they haven't never really aligned on what sustainability is for them, what kind of purpose they have and how they want to show up, the moment you've got people working in the business who are family who might be a little bit disruptive for whatever reason it might be, it doesn't matter how beautiful your vision is if you actually end up having family members working against others within the business and within the family. So the family dynamic has a huge impact on the business culture, has a huge impact on how they have the capacity to even understand sustainability and, and how to then make that come alongside and live with what they stand for as a family. So you almost have these two different paths that you want to align. And, and I think sustainability is a wonderful way to join generations and join conversation. But if you nobody really knows what it means, and if you have, let's say, one generation thinking sustainability is a threat to the business performance, and another generation thinking that sustainability is everything that we need to stand for to be able to survive into the future and do the right thing by all how do you actually so you've got you can sort of see how your your ownership can be really stretched in perspectives on this and so if they're not aligned and are not looking at, at that, that alignment and decision making from a family perspective first then it's going to be unlikely to flow through to the business any broader than what you tend to find, which is in operational matters, they, they tend to be quite switched on. In particular, if they're in the agricultural sector, they are very aware of the impact they have on the land that they uh, farm on or, or grow on. So uh, so you can sort of see what, why it's important to look at governance in that space from a slightly different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, all of us have a family, so I can only imagine how difficult <laughs> that can be sometimes. But, and these um, eggshells that you probably have to walk on with some of these businesses. Um, so how do you recommend that a family business therefore plan for sustainability and integrate that into their family governance approach? As I said, it really needs to come from the family as a collective to start off with. It's this concept of getting... A, finding out what sustainability actually means. I think that would be a really great starting point, which is why, why this initiative is so fantastic for, I think there's a, probably a fear element attached to it for most businesses who don't can come across this term and have large consulting firms guiding them to even find a starting point and, and see how this is going to have an impact or a positive impact for them. Uh, to then align on their the purpose, values, vision around sustainability and create the different perspectives that really need to come to the forefront, as I said, somebody from the next generation will have a very different perspective than somebody from one of the founding generation might have. And in the absence of you know, finding a common ground on that and, and finding purpose and passion within that, there's probably going to be a lot of discrepancy and a lot of disrupt. So then sustainability could have the opposite effect to what it should be. I see this whole framework as being something that should unite the generations and should connect the family into the business much more strongly than any other kind of framework and topic that exists. But I think, you know, as I say, we, we are very much at the, you know, the early stages of starting to look at this as something that businesses find easy to, to find something that's right for them and find 
a way to measure it and find a way to to get some um, yeah sort of some wins out of that. I think it's taking also stepping away from the pure um, pure financial performance drivers will give people a lot more meaning even within their own business and allow them to have a much longer term perspective rather than a short term financial focus. I think it aligns beautifully with who family businesses are anyway. So mm. it fits that long-term thinking, but it also is possible to connect generations. But you need to start with the family coming together to start learning about what this is and how it aligns to them. Mm. I think it's also very interesting that um, we often think about the generations as almost butting heads of, you know, oh, there's all of the millennials think that the boomers don't care about the environment. And, you know, we keep saying that as millennials come up, then there will be kind of this culture shift. But I, I think that it's not nearly so black and white, not nearly so cut and dry as that. Like there's um, a significant portion of people who are actually creating change in business these days are the baby boomers and Gen Xers who after a certain point of success in their careers, they start thinking, oh, what's, what am I trying to achieve beyond just getting more money? So would you say that, that there is, um, that those stereotypes between those generations, I guess, have they played out for in, in what you've observed with the businesses that you work with, or are they totally wrong? Well, you know, I would love to say that they're totally wrong because I'm a Gen X and I would love to say that I, I have my head all across, uh, around and across this. I think the first thing is what you're describing around generations butting heads is exactly how it is supposed to be to a certain extent. It's the next generation's job to challenge the older generation, otherwise we're just going to keep ending up with what we've already had in the same way that it's the older generation's job to impart wisdom and make room and guide instead of blocking. So there's a bit of, you know, it's a bit of mellowing of those borders. What I find fascinating is that um, as a Gen X and somebody who's very concerned around the impact that we have been having um, and the and how we can change that, I'm also to a certain extent probably somewhat bound by my patterns, habits, my upbringing, and also I'm probably almost blind to some of the things that can easily be done to be to be embracing sustainability more. And so I've got some young people working with me and, and one of them who's 22 is my social conscience because there are, things, there are ways that I just, I don't think that way because I'm used to consuming in a certain way. I'm used to behaving in a way. And, and I find the next generation has a much different approach to it. So I'm, I'm embracing it, but on my own. And, and as somebody who really cares about this topic, I still am sometimes um, shocked at my own, <laughs> my own choices that I make because I just didn't, I just don't know any better. I revert to norm. And, and it's something that's slowly changing, but without this input from those that are, that are trying to, to preserve what is going to be matter for them in the future, it will be it'll be much harder if you leave me up to my own devices and so I know that my parents find it even harder and you do see that in family businesses holding on to tradition holding on to relationships with suppliers or clients that have always been right for the family and this is what I'm saying it's not as simple as having a strategic mindset and doing what's best and what's most logical you have to overcome 20, 30, 40, 50 years of stories and legacy that lives within a family business. And it's hard to actually break through that. So and that's certainly something that I do see a lot of. And as I said, this concept of we want to 
create a sustainable future for all. Okay, so what does it mean? No idea, but we want it. And so this is, like, I'm sure a lot of family businesses and, and businesses in general find themselves in that position and are, are a little bit stuck. Yeah, I guess it's whether you're talking about sustainability or just general, you know, family conflicts, there's always that role of the younger generations to be challenging the norm and the role of the older generations we try to maintain it. So <laughs> that makes sense. Do you yeah. have any good examples that you could um, offer of, of some businesses where they have found, I guess, a shared purpose or shared value around a particular area of sustainability. So not just trying to be sustainable as a whole, but perhaps they found that they were all very passionate about poverty or climate change or something like that. Yeah, so one of the families I've been working with, and I mentioned this concept around creating a sustainable future for all through, through the process of looking at family values and family purpose and a lot of other things that are part of family governance, did they come up with that? It's something that really matters to them. And it was interesting to then start looking into, well, you, this is something that you're quite aware of. And again, it is an agricultural company, so they, they were already looking at some of the good practices. But it was interesting to bring the next generation into it and those that didn't necessarily work in the company to then start a um, bringing other frameworks of what this could mean and how um, social impact or positive impact would take place, but also for them to start sharing when the, the family would get together, what kind of initiatives were actually already being undertaken within the family business that they hadn't even thought about. Um, a, the, how, you know, how innovative they were being and what a positive impact it had. And through that process, did they actually end up coming up or starting to um, register some of the, or trademarking some of the concepts and, and the IP and, and realizing that what they were doing was going to have a positive flow through effect also to other growers within the region. So they started to be much more mindful of their practices, their um, R&D, and also looking at other avenues to follow their own their own purpose. So that was really wonderful to see. But they've they've been doing a few things intuitively anyway. You tend to find most family businesses have a purpose greater than themselves. So they just haven't got no, they just got, got any idea really how to articulate that. It's very implicit. So making that explicit and helping them um, to find different ways of a living that in the family and b measuring it in the business and improving it in the business is really what good family and business governance going hand in hand family business around sustainability should be about yeah that's we keep hearing that i guess that um a lot of businesses who are um centered around purpose may not even recognize that about themselves no no they don't so it's very implicit and it's just part part of who they are and um, part of how they've been shaping their you know, they call it they call it customer service or they call it um, caring for staff so they just give it completely different names and they haven't really worked out what it actually is <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah I mean it's good news for a lot of these businesses that they are a lot more sustainable and social impact and ethical than they've realized yet <laughs> yeah. so um, someone has any questions please do pop them into the chat box um, for now, I'll go ahead and, and ask my, uh, my usual question of both Susanna and Greg of one big, your one top tip, your one uh, piece of advice for family owned businesses looking to be more sustainable this year. Well, ladies first, of course. 
No, of course, I was going to go and say go to FBI and. <laughs> Okay. Um, I think from, from my perspective, the first thing is for families to come together and uh, take this topic into their family, regardless of whether, whether family members are working in the business or not, make it something that the family starts discussing and, and find some meaning for and before it comes back into the, into the business realm. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd support that. Certainly having those conversations now. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult for a next generation leader to to you know broach those potentially those topics with with the uh, the incumbent particularly if the business has been set for you know bricks and mortar type business has been set for a long long time uh, a lot of the times the incumbent is like well i'm going to hand over this business as is and, and my expectations are well it ran beautifully for whilst i was around i expected to run the same way moving forward so to start having those conversations now um, is important and even if it's just what do you think about that putting in some information forward um, investigating consumer behaviors and the changes in consumer behaviors and ensuring that the business is starting to think about um, the way that the consumer is acting and behaving because uh, it will have an impact we're already seeing it now in the way that you know obviously we just lived through COVID <clears throat> and the changing environment even in the workplace today has, has changed dramatically even in just 12 months as a result of a pandemic and um you know the way that we're now interacting you know through these type of mediums versus a stage you know is, is now having a positive impact environment we're not hopping on a plane traveling everywhere um so how are businesses starting to think about how the world might affect their business um you know over the next 10 years uh, i mentioned that fba just did its foresight strategy you know with a view that we wanted to try and get an understanding about some of the obstacles facing um, this sector and wanting to be on the front foot on it so you know we're doing it now most businesses, regardless of what, what, what they do, should be also having a look at the, the environment they're in today, what potentially they might see as a changing, the changes coming, and how do they adapt and start preparing for that. Um, and, you know, this, this foresight threat is really, of course, scenario planning. Um, you can't predict the future. What you can do is prepare for it and prepare for different scenarios. And I put, a, I put an analogy down, um, you know, been an old day, been an AFL fan, AFL clubs, in their training, practice drill after drill, particularly, for example, it's the last five minutes, they might be holding a, a slender lead, the wind's blowing in a certain direction. How do they kick the ball out to ensure that the opposition don't get it? And they'll practice that time and time and time again for that one, one opportunity or that one, one occurrence that actually does happen. And if it does, they're prepared for it. And they've got the, they've got the processes, they've got the, um, the strategies and the thought process in place to, to deal with that rather than sort of saying, shit, we're one minute down, the wind's blowing and we've got, and we've got to hold on for five minutes. What do we do now? And they all run off around in circles and they lose, they lose the lead and, and the opposition wins. So it's really about preparing for the future and trying to understand it, talking to experts out there, trying to get an understanding about what does it mean that this word sustainable? How do I start thinking about that? And, and to what Susanna said, it's all very well to just, you just can't implement these things Bowls, bowls. You have to talk to your family. It's got to be either family driven, and then how does that cross into cross across across over the business? So family governance, business governance, and then sustainable governance. These would be sort of the three three areas that need to be thinking about. And so that conversation first bit is really important. You know, I've mentioned at the start, you know, we have partnerships with the likes of B Corp. Um, but a lot of family businesses aren't ready for a, a big call. You know, they're not haven't even even started that conversation internally to even think about jumping in holeless bowlers. So arming themselves for future generations, getting that information and knowledge, and just remembering that 
um, you know, it's not just the little person, it's also the bigger family businesses have a role to play here. You know, we represent businesses that are, you know, one of our members is the fifth largest privately owned company in Australia, you know, turning over billions of dollars. You know, they've got a role to play as well as mum and dad on the corner who own a small shop and, you know, wondering about how, what changes I can do. You know, you look at the sustainable development goals. Some of those goals are really lofty, you know, let's end poverty, but everybody can play their part. Right? How do you distill that information down? So talking to the likes of the United Nations, talking to those who have knowledge around the sustainable development goals and how do you distill those lofty goals down into a fit for purpose for, for an organisation of any shape or size. So really information is key here. The more you can arm yourself with the information, the more you can learn, the bigger impact you can have, and the more prepared you can be, you can be for, for the change in behaviours of consumers. Because they will change. They will change the business, whether you like it or not. Exactly. And since we still have a bit of extra time, and please, anyone who's watching, do pop some questions in the chat. I'm, I'm interested when, when you talk about how the family governance, business governance, and sustainability governance need to almost communicate. Is, is that possible? Is there a way to get all three of those things talking to each other in terms of, a, of how a business functions? I think the, the biggest key to that really is to have the family as in connected and communicating on a regular basis and um, separating out the different roles that people play a little bit more clearly. So if you're an owner of the business and or a future owner, your view of the business and where it's headed and, and how it's behaving as a corporate citizen is, is completely different to when you are trying to make strategic and business decisions on, from a board perspective as compared to uh, whether you're working in the business and, and seeing firsthand what actually takes place and how you connect with employees and what's happening on the ground. Uh, and then you've got people on the other side who are family who, who might not ever be owners and who might never be on the board and might never work in it, but they're, they're reliant on it and they also have an emotional connection into that business and they have some of their own passion and purpose so they care. Um, quite often what we're finding a lot is that the majority of the family is excluded from the conversations that, that need to be had to be able to create a healthy whole and to make sure that what you're describing is things connecting and being um, complementary or, or supporting each other is are actually taking place because when you do have people on the family side who do not feel that the business is doing the right thing or who feel disenfranchised by the actions that are being taken or who feel that they could add value and they can't find an outlet, but they would perhaps have a, have a huge value to add when you start thinking about sustainability. If you tie the whole human element that is the family alongside the business and drive, them from a, drive it from a different place than just numbers, I think there's a huge benefit in that. But it is, as you can imagine, it's confronting the amount of families I step into who, you know, where the next generation is already in their 40s and they're carrying a few bad habits perhaps or communication hasn't been great. They haven't been able to find something that's going to connect them sufficiently. So culture within the family and the family system is not healthy and it carries through to the business. You see it is how much it impacts on, on individuals. So you start looking at... The, the pure impact the family can have. And I saw that when, you know, when Greg's talking about the ability family businesses have to positively change 
um, how Australia shows up and impacts on from an employment perspective to an environmental perspective, you know, all the different avenues that we have. Um, I think there's really the key. It's, we, we are all humans. It's the one thing that connects us. Why is it, though, that we somehow stifle and muffle the majority of the humans who, who have a role to play within their family business? Mm. Um, okay, well, that is the end of my questions. Are there any um, resources that you can be suggesting to, to those watching to learn a little bit more about these things? Greg, you probably have a few things happening at FBA. Uh, well, there's lots. There's always lots happening. There's a little a little organisation with three and a half thousand members and growing. Um, you know, there's many different pillars that, that we have. So, you know, I, I I just reaffirm for those who are in the sustainability business. You know, I think there's a huge market to talk to. Um, you know, we're in the process of um, you know wanting to arm ourselves with the right information to be that pathway for family business to learn. I think there's a massive appetite. Uh, for family businesses out there looking for information but don't know where to turn. Um, you know, so we'll be happy to talk to anybody who wants to, you know, gain access. Well, not gain access, but have skill sets that they think are complementary to the direction that we're we're heading in. Um, you know, there's a there's a huge world out there of family enterprises that just are desperate for information and the right information. There's a lot of noise out there. Uh, so how can we get the right the right information in the hands of those who are really interested in wanting to make a change? Okay. And so from, from our perspective, I've got a, a bit of a diagnostic in particular when it's around how the family relates to each other and whether there's the concept of intergenerational equity kind of conversation. So there is a small diagnostic that can be used just to sort of see what the pulse of the family is, whether they are, uh, whether they uh, have the ability or whether they can sort of see that there might be uh, some change needed from a aligning for the future looking at you know because that's really what we're talking about intergenerational equity making mm -hmm. sure that this generation and the next and the following generations has have the opportunity and the ability to participate and add value mm. and receive value yeah. um are you able to pop that url in the chat if you've got it on hand uh, i don't have it on hand i'll have to provide it to you later sorry about that i wasn't quite prepared for that <laughs> yeah, that's okay that's totally fine um, yes, give me an email and I'll send it to the Facebook group because um, I think, am I, there we go, was I frozen there for a second? Um, so I will, I'll put it into the Facebook group where everyone can access it after the session. So um, I'll just go ahead and put that Facebook group in again for anyone in here who isn't yet part of it. Um, and yeah, obviously people can go to the um, Family Business Australia website or Susanna what's what's the best place to find you these days since you you're wearing multiple hats? Probably on LinkedIn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, uh, so I'll just mention obviously if there's family business um, uh, owners or operators in you know, part of this group you know have a look at you know the service offering that we, we've got. You know, we uh, base a lot of our education on peer-to-peer -peer learning so it's not FBA um, um, it's it pr providing information to really other peers who get up and tell their stories and tell their war people sometimes call them war stories, but they're fantastic when they get up on and talk about you know, uh, mum and dad and brother and sister and, uh, and the issues that, that the family business um, faces. Uh, and, and that's where you know, really rich learnings come from. 
Um, we hold we, we probably run about 150 to 160 events a year, although last year might have been a little bit less with COVID. But anyway, we still did a lot online. Um, but that peer-to-peer learning, we're actually getting it from, from other people telling, telling them the, the issues that they faced and the process they went through to find the solutions they want are really, really, really powerful. And, and what we see when we run our programs is a lot of people in the audience start nodding their head and go, geez, you know what? I'm not alone here. I have the same issues with my family. It's great to see that other families are having those issues and are dealing with them in a certain way and I want to learn from that. So, um, so yeah, if you're a family, this is, I suggest you can get, get involved with us and have a look at us and come along to something and get a feel for it firsthand. Hmm. I imagine that would be very enlightening for people who've never really thought about the family aspect of their business. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Well, fantastic. Thank you both, Susanna and Greg, so much for your time and for all of the fabulous insights that you've shared. Um, I'll send links out to the Facebook group and um, we'll start the next session again at four o'clock, last session of the day. So I look forward to seeing some of you there. Well done, Sarah. Thank you very much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Well done, everybody. Nice to meet you all. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you.